Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Credit Union's Coffee and Conversation. This is Patty Corkery. Great to have you joining me for another really fun conversation. And this one was a little bit different from what we've done in the past. And I'll tell you, it was a lot of fun. Um, You know, for those of you who have listened to several episodes, you know, you'll see that I've been meeting with a lot of Michigan Credit Union CEOs that are retiring. And I've also been talking to new CEOs that are coming in. And it's really fascinating to get both of those perspectives. Well, in this conversation, you're going to hear at the same time from a retiring CEO and his replacement, the new CEO of the credit union, Uh, a really cool dynamic. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to sit down with Team One Credit Union um, at their branch in Saginaw and talk to Jerry Hutto, who is the current CEO, but he's going to be retiring by the end of this year. And along with us, we were joined by Derek Barber, who is currently the president of Team One and will be taking over the reins um, as CEO at the end of the year when Jerry retires. So it was a discussion between the three of us and it was a lot of fun. Um, Team One is an amazing Michigan credit union. They are getting pretty close to 800 million in assets. They have around 50,000 members and 14 branches. So um, really great perspectives from Jerry, some of the highs and lows of his experience in the last 40 years in the credit union industry, how he has uh, really led his board along to be one that is very progressive and very excited about collaborating with different CUSOs, um, either in the state or nationally. And we really dug into that. And it was great to hear from Jerry about that collaboration and how important that is in our industry um, as credit unions continue to grow and need to evolve to stay competitive. It was also really fun to be joined by my good friend, Derek Barber. I've known Derek for several years. He's also been in our industry for quite some time. Really excited for Derek as he's taking on a new role for the first time as a CEO and uh, really excited to see all of the great things that come from Derek as he takes over the reins at Team One Credit Union. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Jerry and Derek. Well, thanks for joining me, guys. I am here at Team One in Saginaw with Jerry and Derek, and I'm really excited to to be here um, in your branch and in this nice little studio you guys have put together. So thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Patty. Appreciate you having us both and, and making it a little easier for us as uh, guests. Uh, Jerry and I thought together would be better than individually. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sharing a brain these days? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, it's fun for me because I think, I have to say, I, Rick's here too. I think this is the first time we've recorded with two guests um, that I can remember. Yeah, so it, it's fun to have you. And as we were mentioning earlier, you know, I've had the the fortune of being able to talk to some of our Michigan CEOs that are retiring and are, have retired this year, um, which we know is, is happening with Jerry, and we'll get into that. And then I've had the opportunity to talk to new CEOs, which is Derek. Um, and so to combine you both into one, I think is is really great because with folks in our industry, you know, these CEOs that are retiring, they have so much 
knowledge and so many stories, no pressure, Jerry, to, <laughs> to share with us, um, you know, and what their experience in the industry has been. And I know, Derek, you've been in the industry for a long time, but taken on the role of CEO and, and that's exciting too. So really happy to be here to get some of, uh, just to share some stories and talk through your credit union experiences. So um, typically, as you guys know, I start with the guest asking, you know, to tell us your story. And so we're going to kick it over to Jerry. And Jerry, I'm going to ask you, why don't you just share your story with us? Okay. Well, I tell you the truth. I never thought I'd be in the credit unions. This was never my plan. After I got out of the Navy, I went to Michigan State, and I, my plan was to become a veterinarian. Oh. Uh, didn't make it. Yeah. The year that I applied, they had 6,000 people applying. And obviously, they only took 100, and I didn't make it in. So I had no plan B at that point. So <laughs> I had to uh, reevaluate. Just got a business degree and uh, started working for a uh, uh, finance company back in the 70s. And then from there, went to the credit unions. Didn't even know what a credit union was at that point. Went to a credit union and uh, been in credit unions ever since. And it's been an exciting experience. Yeah. So what was your first job at a credit union? What were you doing? Collecting. 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 Collection nice. manager, right? Yeah. What was your first credit unit? Uh, Dort Federal in uh, Flint. Okay, nice. Yeah, I think we were talking earlier, my dad started in the collection space, but it was also in a small town. And once he came into town and got to be known as the collection person, he wasn't really very well liked in that community. So, Derek, what about you? Tell us your story. Yeah, thanks, Patty. Um you know, I was a also a Spartan, but before I, I get there, I guess I'll say I, I'm a, a product of Southeast Michigan, born and raised. Uh, grew up the fourth youngest of 11 kids. Um, so um, when when I graduated high school, I went on to Michigan State, uh, where I got an accounting degree. And uh, out of college, did a couple of different jobs, uh, one in retail, one in auditing, and uh, decided I wanted to go and get my CPA license. And so um, I went to work for a very small um, audit firm out of Southeast Michigan um, in St. Clair Shores called Sendridge Mahalik. Oh, yeah. And uh, they at the time were <clears throat> a very big player in the credit union space. They audited about 180 different credit unions in, mm -hmm. in the Midwest. And um, I spent three, three years there uh, getting the, the time that I needed in order to uh, obtain my, my CPA license. Uh, I actually enjoyed that job quite a bit. It was my first exposure to credit unions, but uh, I enjoyed it. And my, my lovely wife, who I met in college, um, became pregnant with our third child in less than four years. Okay. And so my ability wow. to continue in that job uh, was kind of, uh, it, it was evident to me and my wife that that wasn't going to work. You know, auditors travel quite a bit. Sure. Uh, I was out of town probably 30% of my days. And so... Um, I had the opportunity to go to work for uh, probably one of two people that really changed the trajectory of my career, and, and that was a, a wonderful lady named Jane Edson, uh, okay. who was the CEO at Wall Lake Schools Federal Credit Union. Uh, they were a client of Sindrich Mahalik, and I had worked on that audit, and uh, and Jane gave me my first job in credit unions. I, I took on the, the head lender um, at that small institution. They were about $70 million in assets. Um, did that for a couple of years until had the opportunity to go to a larger credit union that was looking to kick off uh, an internal audit and compliance department. And uh, I was uh, selected, uh, might I say, not the, their first choice, uh, but um, <laughs> okay. ultimately I was selected for, for that role. And so I went to work for Telcom Credit Union, which mm -hmm. is now Vibe Credit Union. Right. Um, you alluded to kind of being in the 
in the industry for many years, and I spent 17 years uh, at Vibe and loved every bit of it. Um, I think for me it was, um, you know, I, I, I never envisioned this being a career. Jerry kind of alluded to that. Yeah. You alluded to that. Um, it was more of a, an opportunity and a job uh, to figure out what I wanted to do. But I, I had a, um, you know, a gentleman who took a great interest in, in helping me grow and develop. Uh, and, and his name is Tom Reagan. He was the CEO at Telcom and Vibe for, uh, for a few decades. And, uh, and I was fortunate enough to have somebody that took that interest. And so he gave me great opportunities to grow and, and do different things. Um, I went from you know, heading up an internal audit department, uh, a, a department of one, which was me, um, to um, him seeing something in me that asked me if I'd be interested in taking on, you know, 60% of the organization yeah. and overseeing it in operations. And um, that was a daunting task, but he convinced me that he thought uh, I'd be good at it. And actually, it was probably more a little job security that he gave me. He told me, if, if you don't like it or we don't like you in the role, we'll give you your old job back. So okay. it was kind of an That's opportunity good. to explore doing something different <laughs> that uh, with not a lot of the, the fallout uh, sure. if, if I wasn't successful. So um, so I did that for uh, about eight years until we went through a merger uh, that you're probably aware of uh, with Oakland County Credit Union. Yeah. Uh, Vibe and Oakland merged about four years ago now. Um, Moved uh, into a new role uh, as a part of that uh, merger. I took on a role as a senior vice president and uh, spent about four years in that role before, um, you know, taking on uh, my most recent assignment, which is one that I'm very, very happy and excited to to do, which is uh, take over as the president and CEO of Team One. So. Yeah, very cool. Well, that's what makes this podcast so fun for me is um, in one episode, we're going to have, you know, input from somebody that's been in the industry for a long time and is about to start an, another adventure into retirement with Jerry and, and Derek, you know, taking on his first time being a CEO. And you obviously have had some crossover to work together, which is cool. And, um, and really, you know, get to know the credit union and the area and work together with Jerry and his great team here at team one. And, um, so it's really fun. It's fun for me to see this dynamic and it's, um, you know, I, I worked with my predecessor for quite a bit, and it was very helpful to me um, as I'm, I'm learning. And so, Jerry, what? So, how many years total, Jerry, have you been in the credit union space? In the credit union space, probably about uh, close to forty years. Forty years. Yeah. Okay. So, what's next? Are you going to apply for vet school? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> been there, done that. No, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to be doing next uh, because I really don't have any hobbies to speak of. Yeah. You can only fish so much, and I don't right. golf. So okay. I'm going to have to do something though because, uh, again, as you mentioned, you got, you got to keep active. You got to sure. do things. You got to keep your mind active. So I'm sure there'll be something uh, that I'll be doing. I'm just not sure exactly yeah. what it will be at this point, but it'll be something within the next three to six months, something like that. Yeah, for sure. So Jerry, what was the asset size when you started at the credit union? I think we were like at 84. Okay. 84 million. million. Something like that. Yes. Wow. And now you're getting close to 800 million, we're right? Close to 800. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And and how many employees do you all have now? We have 185 employees at the moment. Okay. Uh, we, we're actually up to, at one point we were over 200, but then we, you know, through efficiencies and a lot of the different uh, technologies, we've been able to reduce it down to about 185. Nice. So... So what's been the most fun part of your job running the credit union? What have you enjoyed the most? The people. The people. Because you meet a variety of people. I mean, obviously, the, the staff and the board and the members. I mean, we just have a fantastic staff. We have a really good board, uh, very progressive board. They're always looking at 
uh, what, what can we do for the members? What can we do for the future of the credit union? Because the biggest thing we always look at and that everybody looks at, even the board level, we do our strategic planning is uh, relevance. How do we stay relevant in the sure. future? And, and that seems to change. So uh, we've done quite a bit in the last 10, 15 years to make sure we do stay relevant. And uh, it's just exciting to work with a board that's uh, able to look at the future and able to uh, see the potential that the credit union has. And because things are changing all the time. The credit unions, obviously, as you know, are changing sure. dr dramatically. There's less and less of us. There's going to be less and less of us in the future. Right. There was just an article just recently I read that said uh, there's less than 5,000 credit unions left. Yep. And there was a survey done that said 50% uh, of the credit unions at this point don't believe that remote technology, digital, is the way to go or they can't afford it. Okay. Which kind of tells you, tells me at least, and tells us that there's going to be a, t a lot less credit unions yeah. in the future. More mergers going to happen. More mergers are going to happen. And we want to make sure that uh, Team One is going to be a survivor in this. Yeah. And uh, with uh, the credit union growth uh, that we've had, and it hasn't always been the growth of the credit union. Really, we've uh, concentrated a lot of our efforts even on QSOs. Right. Because we have to make sure that we have other sources of income, uh, create a lot of efficiency that help us, but help not just us, but help uh, other credit unions as well, too. So we've been pretty successful in that. We want to keep that going and grow the credit union. Yeah, I think I know you're, that Team One's a part of that kind of a collection of credit unions that have gotten together to really look at and consider investing in QSOs. And I think that's such a, a very progressive attitude. And it's been fun to see what what you all are looking at and, and learn about, you know, the different um, things that the, the QSOs kind of coming together explore. because. Even and even at your size, some credit unions think, okay, wow, we're close to eight hundred million. We can kind of go at it alone. I think what's really cool is that you've recognized and kind of walked your board through that process. Is hey, we're still a small fish in the ocean here, and and we need to collaborate with credit unions even at our size, you know, so uh, to really get that done. And I know you mentioned your board, Jerry, and, and being uh, real progressive, but that's a real credit to you to to lead them through that and to um, bring them to that place and, and to educate them on what's happening in the industry. And, and that's a really big credit to you. So that, that leaves you in pretty good shape, Derek, with a great, with a great board. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> it, it, it certainly does. Uh, the, the individual leading the uh, recruitment process made that uh, very clear to me that I was walking into a great situation oh, that's nice. with a board that, uh, that really, understood uh, governance, but more importantly, understood how to work collaboratively with the CEO and, and was um, you know, willing to learn about how the model that we think will work uh, and, and they have bought into uh, could really lead us into the future. So I'm, I'm actually excited to, uh, to sit with the board. And um, you know, I had three or four different interviews with them sure. throughout this process. And, and I'd say my first couple of months, I'm all of six weeks in. I know, uh, so, yeah. Uh, but my interactions with the board to this, uh, this point have been nothing uh, shy of exactly what I anticipated they would be. So I'm um, very fortunate in that regard. Yeah. And I think when you and I were talking earlier, when I first saw you after getting this job is, is the, the, it's a very big pro to have a progressive credit union that's got its hands in a lot of things. But as a new employee, it's a lot to <laughs> understand and to wrap your head around because you're not just talking about your credit union, you're talking about these investments and these different partnerships that you all have. So it's, um, I'm sure, <laughs> a lot to it's, learn. It's been, uh, you know, I, I made it a 
a clear objective and, and certainly let it be known to the board that my, my first 30, 60 days would be all about getting to know the people and getting to know the yeah. organization. And I think that is um, you know, more difficult and certainly compounded uh, the difficulty of that when you, you have to, to your point, not only get to know uh, our, our root business, which sure. is the credit union space, but uh, also understanding how each of these CUSOs work, what, you know, who the partnerships, who the players are in those. Um, I've, I've been able to meet some of those people, have meetings to set up to meet others. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's getting comfortable with what we're trying to do uh, and, uh, and really um, you know, kind of investing in that same mindset of let's continue to be strategic, let's continue to see how uh, we can look at uh, uh, a business model that might help us deliver uh, services to our members in a way that we can't do on our own. And so uh, we do have those strategic partners that we've we've aligned with and we will continue to do so. So all, yeah. all very exciting for sure. Yeah. Well, what's good for you, Derek, coming into this is because you have been in our Michigan credit union bubble for so many years. You know a lot of people. And so a lot of the people that you're probably getting to know in a different context are people that you've heard of or you've met before. So that's a real big benefit to you compared to some CEOs that I've met that are coming into the state for the first time, didn't know anybody, at least you've got some comfort in having a lot of Michigan friends. <laughs> no, I certainly do. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I guess that's what, you know, 20 plus years in the industry yeah. does is it, it gives you those things. And there are some great uh, relationships uh, and people you've had on this podcast that I've been able to um, kind of learn from and, and pick their brain on and, and just be friends with, uh, which, which helps a lot. Uh, interestingly enough, one of those people, um, and it's not that we've spent a whole lot of time together, but, um, Andy Kemp up at forefront, yeah. uh, right. Uh, he occupied the office that when he departed, I took over at telecom. Okay. Right. Um, so I, I actually knew Andy <laughs> before I knew Andy. Um, and yet, uh, when, when I came into this role, we moved, went up to, uh, Traverse city for a visit to one right. of our branches and, I told Jerry, I said, uh, let's let's make time to, to go see Andy oh, and, for and sure. kind of reintroduce myself and uh, mm-hmm. and get comfortable with them because again, it's those relationships that I think that are going to move our credit union uh, forward as we look to yeah. to the future. So for sure, another real forward thinking guy. I have to say that because he's on my board. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding, Andy. I don't know if y'all ever listen to this. Um, so Jerry, what about you know? We talked about obviously people being a highlight for you. Just as you've navigated, you know, over the course of 40 years, there's just been so many changes in the industry, not just the consolidation, but just, you know, everything that you've, you've dealt with throughout your career. What are some of the, what were some of the hard parts? What were some of the challenges that you faced as you navigated through? Well, I think the challenges are, there's quite a few of them actually, because members, members change and uh, the way you, you touch them and, and what they want uh, changes all the time. And you have to be able to provide the technology that they want, uh, which obviously costs money. And most everybody wants everything for free. You know, everybody wants a sure. high CD rate, but they want the lowest possible loan rate, which doesn't normally work. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't work now. Didn't didn't work back then. It was it was a lot easier back in the older. I shouldn't say in the older days because. Uh, they used to call them vanilla credit unions. And vanilla used, credit unions? Vanilla credit okay. unions where you only had certain certain products. You know, you had a savings, you had a checking, you had direct deposit, and you had a loan, and that was it. Right. And that was a vanilla credit union. Now you have to have everything. Sure. You have to have mortgages. You have to have commercial lending. You have to have all the different uh, 
credit cards that members want with the rewards. There's whatever the member wants, you have to provide. If you don't provide it, they're going to get, if they don't get it from you, they're, they're going to get it from somebody else. So we have to make sure relevance is, again, is our big thing. How do we stay relevant for the member? And it's going to be harder and harder as we move forward because they have so many choices and they don't have to come to us. They can go anywhere they want. Right. So how do we maintain that relationship with the members? And the relationship used to come in the because you had SEGs. You don't really have SEGs anymore. You don't have the big shops anymore. You don't have the big factories anymore. So now you, most people have community charters, so it's a lot harder to get that uh, feeling of, uh, I guess, uh, belonging to a group. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's so open now. It's, it's so mm-hmm. open, yeah. And it's going to get even worse in the future. Not worse, but it's going to be more challenging in the future, I think, to even get to keep the members, maintain the members, because we're not no different than other ones. You know, 20% of our members control probably 80% of the assets, sure. which is an aging population. Yeah. So how do we get the younger people in? So, yeah. you know, our strategic plan is obviously to expand, but also to make sure, again, that we stay relevant. And a lot of that is maybe the credit unions themselves don't get really big, but maybe the companies that they own or they participate in are what keeps the credit union alive because you need the income from the QSOs and from the other companies to maintain the, the credit union concept. Sure. But uh, that's kind of been our focus again. I uh, don't want to repeat myself, but that's been our focus in the future is uh, maybe the credit unions aren't going to grow. You know, we, people always talk about asset size for credit unions. And even my wife asked me all the time, she said, what, what asset size are you? And I said, <laughs> I don't really care at this point what our asset size is. I said, we are a large credit union. Our asset size shouldn't be that relevant because it comes in, money comes in, which we found out with COVID, the money sure. comes in really quickly. Mm-hmm. And also, as it happens now, it goes out. Right. So, you know, you can have a 20% increase in deposits in six months, but you can't count on it. It's going to go away at some point in time. I said, you know, the way I look and the way we explain it to our board when we talk about this, yes, we have all, we have 50,000 plus members that we have to maintain that they want the services that they can get at Huntington or, or Chase or anywhere else, and we have to provide those services. But what we have to look at is we have an $800 or $750 million credit union, but we have 11 QSOs. Right. And some of these QSOs are billion-dollar QSOs. I mean, some of these are... Three and a half billion dollar servicing portfolio, another billion dollar portfolio over here. We have partners all over the U.S. We have leagues that are partners in some of our QSOs. And if you look at the structure of the QSOs, we have some of the some of the fun, most phenomenal people, CEOs running these companies, and they're just geared for growth. And that's what we have to look at. You know, it's we have to grow the credit, and we also have to grow this other structure as well too, because at some point in time. You may have 10 or 15 or 20 different businesses, these peripheral businesses, and the credit union is just one of them. And the rest of them are all these other companies that you own either outright or you own with partners. And Patty, remember sure. remember when I told you 60 days to kind of get comfortable? Yeah. I, uh-huh. It just increased to 120 <laughs> days if you listen to Jerry. Um, we'll check in is, with you later, yeah, Derek. There, there is obviously in that answer so much sure. right? about, and you can quickly see how it's it's hard and, and it requires a lot of effort to get your hand yeah. around uh, all that we're in involved yeah. in and all that we're looking to do. So it's well, exciting. It but, is uh, exciting. It's a lot. And it's just such a testament, I think, to the nature of our industry is all that collaboration. You know, um, it, 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 that's that's rare. You know, um, it's really more about competition and 
yeah, we can trade members. You know, you have one one year and they go across the street and then they come back. That happens all the time. But credit unions, I think their superpower is is forming CUSOs, is coming together, shared staffing, shared resources, especially for some of our credit unions that are smaller. Yes. You know, um, how else can you get through without partnering with some of these great CUSOs that we have? So, Derek, as you're coming in and digesting all of this, you know, I know you're going to be spending a lot of time, as you mentioned earlier, getting to know the people here at Team One, the great team that Jerry put together. How would you describe your leadership style? Well, it's... it's, uh... A great question. First of all, let me let me say that um, there's no doubt that uh, leadership is responsibility, um, and and I think uh, the more you get involved in leadership roles, and the more that you um, take on, and and more that's asked of you uh, as you evolve in your career, the greater that responsibility is. You know, today the the reality hits me that um, you know the the decisions I make today um, impact. 180 different, 185 different sure. people, right? And, and, and not only in a way that's, uh, you know, in, in a very relevant way, uh, it's their livelihood. And so mm-hmm. uh, it, it's great responsibility. Um, you know, for me, I think as a leader, I, I, I try and simplify what it is um, that, that I'm looking to accomplish. I, I think it's critical uh, that we get the right people um, working at our organization, and and maybe more importantly than just the right people, uh, get the right people in the right places. Sure. Um, I think that's that's critical to long term success. Um, I think uh, you know making sure that uh, you know people in the organization know and understand that they have a voice. Jerry and I have talked a little bit about this, um, you know, just today um, and with our training department and and making sure that as we bring new people into the organization and those that have been here for a long time, that they understand that uh, from my perspective, you have a voice and you're expected to use it. Um, I'm I'm clearly um, don't have all the answers. And so I I put people in positions, like I said, to to make sure that they're they're giving me information that I don't have or wouldn't have or, or don't necessarily um, you know, shouldn't have. They're the experts, and and I want them to use their voice. Uh, people bring experiences from everywhere they come, and and I think a lot of those experiences, if we listen to them, can help us. Sure. Um, and then you know, I, I think my role is to create uh, very clear expectations, and um, you know, give them the, the appropriate tools to do their job, and and frankly, get out of their way. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the the greatest thing uh, my mentor, I, I mentioned him earlier, Tom Reagan, never told me was you know. Um, I should be able to leave this this office one day, and uh, and nobody know I'm gone, and everybody just continue about what mm-hmm. they're doing. And and I think, you know, while that's never going to be a reality, I think you know the the concept is is clear. You know, get the right people um, surrounding you, um, give them the tools to do their job, and get out of their way. And yeah. then and then for me, it's it's all about accountability at that point, right? So, I think uh, all of that sounds great, but we got to make sure we're checking in with our team regularly and and meeting expectations and, and holding people accountable. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of how I go about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's sure. not overly complicated, right. I think, sometimes. Well, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, so, Jerry, as you were kind of talking about um, the different CUSOs and being, you know, uh, a progressive credit union, you know, collaborating, as you've gone through the years, how did you stay on top of, you know, uh, the the changing tide, right? Like, how did you... Were you reading a lot of books? Were you going to a lot of conferences? How did you kind of stay 
to where you kept elevating yourself to where knowing where the where you needed to lead your credit union? How did you stay on top of all the technology changes, for example, and all of that other stuff? I think there's quite a few answers to that. And actually, yeah. a lot of it is, you know, you have to go to conferences. Sure. Actually, Mission Credit League actually has some very good conferences. CUNA has good conferences. Right. But one of the things, one of the places we like to go to are the banking conferences because some of the banking conferences have more of the newest technology in, okay. the, in the fintech conferences that you might want to go yeah. to. You also have to have the staff internally that are always looking at uh, what's the next big thing, what else to, What else can we do for our members. And then again, you have to have the board that's willing to spend the money and they go to conferences right. and they're coming back with ideas about, well, this is what somebody else is doing. Can we do this or can we do something like this or this is what we've read about because all of our board members get uh, the same uh, documents that we get, the same magazines that we get, uh, uh, they, they listen to Fi, they listen to Filene, they listen to CUNA Mutual, anything but I'm sorry, CUNA, not yeah. CUNA Mutual so much. Right. But uh, and they're going to all their conferences. I mean, when we go to the Mission Credit Union League conferences, we usually take 15 people. Love it, love it. So when we're going to uh, make note of that, di- yeah, different, yeah, any different <laughs> conferences. But and then we also with the collaborative uh, nature of the credit unions i mean we actually have the group of credit unions that get together and uh, we actually get together once or twice every two years i should say once every two years now with covid yeah. it's been a little bit longer than that but well, they'll get 100 board members in a room and the ceos from five or six different credit unions that think alike you know you've got right. the forefronts you've got community choice you've got the lavqs you've got the honors uh, you got the larger credit unions that that you expose the the staff and the board members to all of this different information, and they're just naturally, uh, I guess, inquisitive about what's going on and what's going on in the industry. And they're keeping themselves, the staff and the board is keeping themselves abreast of all the new technologies and what's happening and what we should be doing. Yeah. So it's not just us alone; it has to be a community effort. And one of the things a smart person, which we all know, told me a while back, told us a while back, is that you're not the smartest person in the room. So don't think you're the smartest person in the room. Yeah. That was Chuck Holzman, actually. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Now his head's going to (laughs) explode. Had to put a plug in there for Chuck. uh, You're assuming he listens to these. But I think that's great, though. And especially for the the CUSO gatherings, to bring your board along, that's not something I've heard a lot of credit unions do sometimes. I know CEOs are kind of joking, but kind of not when they say, I hate when I see my board member taking notes at a conference (laughs) because you never know what they're going to bring back. But I think that that's so important. And that's one of the things that I've talked to boards, you know, about is, is how do you, how do you stay on top of it? You know, being a board member at a, at a, you know, $50 million credit union is one thing, but you know, now you're bringing them along and I'm sure some of them have stayed the same and you've gotten some new ones along the way, but you know, getting close to 800 million, that's a whole host of things for the board to look at, the board to understand the financials. I mean, as you mentioned, Jerry, it's not just savings, checkings and a car loan anymore. It's, you know, all of this technology and, you know, let's have somebody come in and educate our board on cryptocurrency and cannabis banking. And it's all of these topics, you know, ITMs, is that something we want to do? I mean, so much to wrap your head around. Um, how, how do you stay on top of things, Derek? What's your go-to? Anything different than what Jerry walked through? Um, I certainly take part in all of, all of that. I think uh, conferences are a great way to get sure. out and actually build those relationships that we talked yeah. about. Um, I, to be honest, don't 
don't read as much as I should, um, but I, I do spend a lot of time in the car. So yeah. um, podcasts, sure. uh, whether it's you know from Q's or CUNA, right. offer uh, on a regular basis some great topics and, and things to be thinking about. Um, I think reading industry publications is, is something that uh, you know you try and keep on top of. Uh, Jerry kind of and I were talking about that today, getting me um, you know registered for some of those things sure. to come across. I'm still a paper guy in many ways, yeah. so. Um, but uh, and and I think probably one of the most meaningful ways I do it is I have a uh, incredible partner, my wife, who works uh, and owns her own company. She has a media buying agency, and she's very strategic in thinking about how to serve her clients. And so uh, there's a lot of crossover there. And so she kind of challenges me on a lot of of what we're doing and and why we're doing it or not doing it, and giving me you know food for thought there. So um, her and I spend probably more time than than she'd like uh, <laughs> at, uh, over a glass of wine at uh, sure. whatever restaurant we're at, talking about that kind of stuff. And and unfortunately, uh, hun, I think that's going to be more and more as uh, I take on the new role. But um, but yeah, those are I think some additional ways that I, I try and keep up on. Yeah, that's great. I I'm kind of paper too. I. Uh, I don't know. I, I read, I definitely listen to podcasts for sure. And, um, especially when I'm out walking and I love some of the, you know, we, we focus on a lot of Michigan people. When you listen to some others that have some national folks coming in, it's, it's really helpful, um, just to make note of and to think where, where their head is. Um, so before I get into my five questions that I ask everybody, which I'll cover with both of you, um, one of the biggest audiences of the podcast are our amazing young professionals that are out there. So we have the fuel group that's really engaged in the state. Uh, we have 906 hype up in the UP, um, is a group of younger professionals getting together. And to me, you know, when I first started in Michigan, that didn't exist. There wasn't a young professional group. And I think as over the last few years, they've become more and more vocal coming to events, really getting credit union leaders to come in and talk to them and, and really trying to capture some of that knowledge. So um, I always try and remember to ask my guests, you know, if if you were talking to a young professional, and I think it's especially important as, you know, Jerry's, um, you know, closing up his credit union career here, you know, any any thoughts, Jerry, any advice that you know, you would have that you would send on to a young professional that might be listening? Just, I guess, always be inquisitive and don't be afraid to ask questions. I mean, we're always sometimes afraid to ask questions. We think it's a silly question or sure. it sounds stupid. It's not, you know, because we're just afraid to ask some of these questions. But just be inquisitive and and uh, just look around and notice, you know, know that there's a lot of knowledge out there and you can just learn from everybody else. And, you know, there's so much uh, potential uh, if you if you just seek it i mean there's a potential for just furthering yourself professionally personally and just be open to it yeah that's cool that kind of goes back to what you were saying derek you're not always the smartest person in the room and just be don't be afraid to say i don't know that's something i live by i ask a lot of questions and, <laughs> well, and what about and you derek yeah well i i think asking questions i, I think it was heather uh luciani that that said be curious right? yeah and and i think that's i have a son who just uh turned 22 and hit the job uh has mm -hmm. his first job uh in what I hope will be a long career for him. But um, so we have this, this conversation. And, and I think, um, you know, for us, it's certainly ask questions. Uh, we, we talk about that. Don't assume uh, that you know what somebody's looking for. Ask a lot of questions and, and dig deeper. Don't be afraid. Um, I think, 
you know, be somebody that gives more than is asked of you. Um, and, you know, I, I looked at some of the young professionals when um, the, the crashers program, is that the fuel program now? No, is that the, they're not is that called a, crashers. That's like some other like official name of another group. But yeah, that, they, that they do have young exists. professionals okay. that they give scholarships to events. Fuel okay. does. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Um, but I, I think, you know, when the crashers program came out yeah. 10, 12 years ago, yeah. um, you know, I had somebody on staff, a couple of people on staff that I recommended for that. And, and they were the type of people that when I asked them to do a, a, a task for me or, or look into something, uh, they didn't come back with just what I asked. They came back with, you know, two additional things sure. that said, you know, had you thought about this or I know you didn't ask this, but, you know, here's, here's X, Y, and Z, um, not just X. And so I think being somebody that gives more than is asked is, cool. is critical. Um, one of the greatest pieces of advice I could give is that, uh, you know, understand that opportunity is, is almost a currency. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I think when, when people take on, roles and responsibilities are given an opportunity to to further develop themselves their their first question is you know how much more money am i going to make or, or yeah. what's in it for me and i think sometimes just the opportunity having somebody that sees something in you and wants to give you an opportunity to grow and develop um you know is a currency in and of sure. itself and and it doesn't mean that you know you, you let people obviously take advantage of that and not compensate you for right. things but i think early on in somebody's career, uh, dive into as much as you can. Take those opportunities and treat it like it's it's gold. And, yeah, and, for uh, sure. You know, those were things that were opportunities that were given to me. And uh, and I can tell you that I, I wouldn't be here if somebody didn't stick their neck out and say, hey, I, I see this in you. Right. And uh, and and I think you could do it. Uh, show us what you have. So Yeah, so um, you want to stay working with people like that. That's, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. All right, so now let's get to some of our get-to-know-you questions. So. I know they sound very random, but they're always kind of fun to compare answers. So, Jerry, what do you have on your nightstand at home? Actually, I have a book, and then I have a notepad with a pen because sometimes I come up with really good ideas that I, you know, that if I don't write it down really quickly, I'm going to forget about it. Yeah, that's (laughs) perfect. Do you remember what the book is? Yeah, Death of a President, William Manchester. Oh, nice. All right, good. Um, and, you know, I always love to comment when I hear people say that they have a notepad by their bed and that's just um, or people get their best ideas in the shower or something like that. And it's just a shout out to meditation and quiet time, because if you silence your mind or try to, that's sometimes when the greatest ideas come. And uh, I was experiencing that very same thing last night, Jerry. I was trying to get to sleep, and all these ideas were coming to me, and I sent an email to myself. So anyway, all right, what about you, Derek? What's on your nightstand home? I'm just glad to hear somebody else sends themselves yes, emails. Yes, I know. Note I to self, that. I yeah, call so it. <laughs> I probably have my, my inbox is full of more messages from myself than anybody yes. else. So, um, you know, I not much. I can tell you the only thing that I have on my uh, nightstand that is that is consistent is a little piece of uh, pottery uh, that my my brother made and uh, and I throw coins in and it it sits there. Um, nice. My I got a brother that's incredibly uh, talented uh, in with clay uh, pottery. Went to oh, a cool. top art school in New York uh, wow. years and years ago, and uh, just just has a knack for it. And that's something that I you know my mom used to say. Uh, you can't draw a stick figure correctly, and 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 that is a, not an unfair representation of my artistic ability. Um, so um, he threw something together and and kind of gave it to me, and it sits there today. So that's, that's yeah, that's, that's probably nice. the only thing that's consistently there. So, all right, cool. So hey, Jerry, tell me something that people get wrong about you. 
that I really am a nice person. Yeah, they think you are nice and <laughs> no, you're they, not? They, they think I'm not. <laughs> okay, they, they think, think you're not. They think I'm oh, not. But why would they think that? I don't know, but I think it must be that maybe my, my wife says it's my tone. Oh. So it, it's oh. not really true. Really <laughs> you are nice. Per, nice, caring person. <laughs> okay, well, I can I, contest. Yeah. yeah. I can contest that I know uh, after just uh, a few weeks uh, with Jerry that his his team and the banter and the playfulness of, of what goes on on a daily yeah. basis. Uh, Jerry's the guy that gets up every day, um, shows up to work and visits every office um, nice. to say good morning and, and see how things are going. So, um Nice. So what about you? I don't know that's fully true. Just, you know, <laughs> what do people um, get wrong about you, Derek? You know, this is a, a tough question. Uh, I, I really struggled to figure it out, and um, I still don't know that I have. You don't know? But yeah. Um, I, probably that um, I don't eat would be the only thing they that, think you I, don't eat, that I don't eat. Yeah, and, and quite the contrary, I eat all the time. Yeah. I'm a constant picker of an eater. Um, and so I'm, I'm always have, if food is in front of me, I am eating it. Um, so the trick for me is just trying to figure out how to not have food in front of me, uh, <laughs> but I do, hilarious. I do eat, uh, constantly. And so I think those that know me best know that that's true, but, uh, they might look at me and think I don't, but I do. Well, so. I wish people would think that about me, but sadly they're all convinced <laughs> I eat a lot. So Derek, what, let's kick this one off to you to start this time. Yeah. Um, if you could have coffee with anyone, who would it be and why? Yeah, um, I'm not somebody who's really ever starstruck, so I don't think I'd, I'd go anywhere there. Um, I, I, I think for me, um, if if I could have coffee in all in a you know in a world that doesn't exist, but I'd want to have coffee with my mother okay. when she was 20 years old. Um, oh, good and, one! And and so I, you know, she's somebody that is just incredibly amazing. I told you I'm one of 11 kids, and and raised all of us and gave up so much maybe of what she wanted to do in life to, to have kids. She'd say she didn't give up anything, but uh, I know that's not true. So to go back into time and, and kind of see what she was like as a 20-year-old yeah. and, and and before she gave her life uh, to all of us, I, I think would be really cool. Would so. you warn her about her one child named Derek? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have one. I was that's like. <laughs> I was, and I can appreciate that. I was her child that uh, she always said. Uh, by the way, I, I told you I was the fourth youngest so uh -huh. there was there was seven oh others God. in front of Eleven me right children. and so by the time I got old enough to be of concern and um to be honest they gave up and they just said <laughs> you know hey it is what it is but um when I was young I was very very troublesome um I, Aww, I got into a lot of trouble know. when I was young not so much when I was a teenager I kind of mm -hmm. you know figured that out but my mom used to say I would either end up in jail or do something really cool with my life. And okay. uh, none of, neither of those ended up being true. But um, Until now. Uh, you until have now. Cool I have now. something very cool to do. Yeah. Now, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah. And, and so. That, That's fun. That's fun. All right, Jerry, what about you? If you could have coffee with anyone, who would it be and why? I'll go back a little bit more on that. Uh, I'd like to have coffee with Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, yeah. Because, I mean, he faced such adversity both in his professional life and his personal life, especially during the last couple of years of his life. Yeah. It's just amazing that he was able to function and he was able to guide the country to where it is right now. I mean, just it's just unbelievable because he had such heartbreaking in his personal life. Yeah. I was wondering if you're going to say a president because it seems like you have an interest in them with the book I, you're I like reading. history. Yeah. yeah. So I'd like to, you know, if I'm going to read something, I'd like to at least find something out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I was just in D.C. in September looking at, you know, the Lincoln Memorial. And I mean, imagine being such an impressive person to have 
you, you stand at the base of that and see him sitting in that chair and then all of the words surrounding that he created. I mean, just, it's phenomenal. It's interesting because we were at the Lincoln Memorial probably about five or six years, maybe longer than that. And one of the guides told us to walk around to the back of the Lincoln Memorial. Okay. And if you look up on the hill, you can see Kennedy's flame oh. at Arlington. You can actually see a little flame flickering up there. And actually, you can see it. But you have to walk behind okay. the Which whole... Which you don't think to do Which when you're there. Which you don't think to do until, <laughs> right. the, until the guide told us right. that. But I thought right. very, very interesting that you can see this little flickering... That's uh, so eternal, cool. Eternal I wonder if that flame. wasn't... Well, no. I, uh, yeah, that's so interesting how everything aligns. Yes. You know, uh, very strategic placement yeah. of things. So that's very cool. Um, all right, Jerry. So this might be really relevant for you because you might be pursuing one of your bucket list travel destinations on the cusp of retirement. So where's somewhere you want to go? Actually, we, we bought a, a little uh, RV. It's one of those little Sprinter vans. Yeah. And one of the things that we want to do is just take it for two or three months and just drive out west. Okay. And just kind of travel around. Nice. That, that's on the bucket. I mean, we've been there before, but usually when you go, you're, you have a week or two. Sure. This time you have as much time as you want. Yeah. You don't have to so worry about Wi-Fi. You don't have, you don't to, have worry to worry about, about any of that. You just kind of go out there and uh, travel, stay as long as you want, go as many miles as you want, and just stop. And uh, That sounds actually, nice. Actually, we had to buy the RV because we have two dogs. Okay. And that, so that's the only reason we bought them, because I told my wife, for as much as we paid for this RV, we could stay at a Ritz <laughs> <laughs> for this it's many days. It's a fancy days, RV. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm sure your dogs will love it. Oh, they love it. Oh, that yeah. sounds so great. Um, so what about you, Derek? What's a bucket list travel destination? We don't have a whole lot of uh, of hobbies or toys. Sure. Traveling is, is kind of what my wife and I love to do. And I've heard a couple of your podcasts, and Nolan, you were in the same position that people's, uh, you know, bucket list item got postponed because of, of COVID. Sure. Uh, we were in that same boat. Uh, and so for, for us and, and me, it's Greece. Um, okay. I have a, a real interest in going and, and checking it out. And we were scheduled to go for our 20th anniversary and then COVID happened and we yeah. have not yet uh, arranged to go back. But uh, we, that is that is in the near future for us. I, I, hopefully next year uh, yeah. we'll be able to get out there. Uh, might be a little bit more pressing things going on and and running yeah. an organization like for the first time. So, yeah. to get to know. <laughs> exactly right. So <laughs> might have to push it off for a, another year That's or so. Exciting but, um, though. That's Greece, a good one for sure. I've yeah. never been. That sounds yeah. great. All right, Jerry. So, what is one trait or quality that you think every leader should strive for? Be able to listen. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing because you have to listen and listen to your staff, listen to everybody else, uh, and. Just pay attention. Yeah, I think we've mentioned that a few times, but you have to be the one that people have to be able to trust you. And if you don't, li if you don't listen, people know if you're not listening. You know, they just think you're just playing a game or something like that. You're just kind of taking space. But uh, really, listen to somebody because everybody's, as Derek said, everybody's got a story. Sure. And everybody has an opinion. Everybody has everybody has ideas. You just have to be able to listen to those and be able to. You know, there's a lot of good ideas out there. There's a lot of a lot of potential out there, and that's what we had talked before earlier about. Uh, even with the staff, you know, that you have to listen to them because you know, they come from different backgrounds. They have different ideas. They have they come from different uh, uh, work backgrounds. Sure. So you have to listen to them because they they do have ideas about what works. We don't know everything. Yeah. And uh, just make sure you listen, and that's the biggest thing. That's a great one. I, I I can yeah see that for sure, especially when you have a lot of younger team members oh, yeah. like you oh, were gosh, saying. Yes. I mean they 
we were joking at our team, uh, my brilliant idea for our holiday party was to rent a movie theater and have a party and then watch a movie. And everyone's like, uh, yeah, no, Patty, we're going to go axe throwing. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Um, these younger people are, I'm like, I hope I'm not in the line of fire for some axes that are being shoved around. So that's, you know, but yeah, I listened to them and now I'm stuck going axe throwing. But anyway, but that, I think that's great. And I heard a CEO refer to meetings as listening sessions. You know, where I'm the leader, but don't just look at me. I'm here to listen. And I thought that was a great way to phrase it. What about you, Derek? What do you think uh, is a leadership trait everyone should strive for? Uh, there, there's so many of yeah, them, Patty. Sure. And, and listening to your podcast, so many great ones have been mentioned. But, I, you know, Jerry says listening, and I think it complements it very well, is be teachable right? Yeah. as a, as a leader. Um, I think... You know, it's we keep saying it, but we we don't know everything. Um, I don't think the expectation nowadays is that a CEO knows everything. Um, I made that clear with with our board in the interview process. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, I, I I don't know everything. Sure. I'm not the smartest person, um, but I think it's it's being humble enough to acknowledge to your staff that you don't know everything yeah. and that you can learn from them. Um, they are the experts, and so lean on them. Have them teach you, and uh, be open to being taught. And then uh, obviously make the best decision you can with that information. So um, it goes very well with listening, I think. Yeah. But it's, uh, I think they, they almost go hand in hand. And Absolutely. if you're not teachable, then I, I think you've you, you've kind of going to alienate a lot of your staff. And um, so that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, gentlemen, um, you both have really big adventures at the forefront now with uh, Jerry wrapping up a, a wonderful career in Michigan and in our credit union industry. And I know so many people look up to you and all the things that you've done. And I'm sure your team's going to be sad uh, for sure to see you uh, take your next chapter. But it sounds like a really exciting one. And uh, congratulations to you. Thanks for hanging out with me. And Derek, for you, another, a big, exciting adventure ahead for you, um, starting out as a CEO of this great credit union and um, continuing to learn and listen in our industry. And I'm excited to keep hanging with you as you uh, continue to advance. I'm sure there's great things to come for you and for Team One. So thank you for joining me and being part of the podcast. Thanks, Patty. I appreciate it. And Jerry, Jerry, thank you. Um, thanks for sticking around long enough to kind of give <laughs> yeah. me the education. I'm glad that we I can need, make this uh, happen. Before, yes. So, <laughs> appreciate it, Patty. My pleasure. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Well, that was sure a lot of fun. I hope you agree. Um, thanks so much to both Jerry and Derek for sitting down with me at their studio at Team One. It was really fun to be on site with them and have a really great discussion. It was hard to get us to stop talking before the interview, during the interview, and even after the recording of the podcast. So much information and knowledge to share and stories to tell with two people that have several years of experience working in our credit union industry and it was a lot of fun to get to know both of them better, uh, to hear from uh, Jerry, you know, just how important, what, what has been the high in his career? It has been the people. And that is a thing that we hear, a pattern that we hear from so many different guests that we've talked to. Um, and it's really just so heartwarming to know that in our industry, the biggest and most important thing to so many of the leaders that I've talked to are the people, not just our teams, but the board and our members and that community um, is such at the core of what we do as credit unions. And so it wasn't surprising to hear that from Jerry and um, really just to talk about the unique challenges that he's faced throughout the career, you know, just starting in the collection space and evolving into the CEO and really bringing the credit union from, 
you know, 80 million in assets to where it is today with um, what he, he, you know, he gave a lot of credit to his amazing board. And that was, that was fun to hear. And all the different QSO collaborations was really interesting as well. So hats off to Jerry, a big, huge congratulations on an amazing credit union career. I wish you so much luck in your next chapter. Uh, really excited to hear what you do and all of the cool places you visit in your RV with your two dogs and your wife. And uh, just sounds like you have a lot of really good things in store for you. And for Derek, um, so excited to see what is to come for you, my friend. Um, your passion for the industry comes through clear. Um, you are uh, acknowledged that you have a lot of questions and a lot of things to learn. And that's so important for leaders, as we've talked about, to really ask those questions and be willing to listen and um, just really get to know and grow your team and making sure you have the right people in the right places as you were describing and um, just really fun to hear about your process and your credit union journey um, and some of your you know, the people that you refer to that have inspired you along the way and really mentored you and how much you value those relationships. So um, really great um, insights that you have, Derek, that have led you um, throughout your journey to now leading a credit union um, that is a really uh, a leading cutting edge credit union in our state. And so a big congratulations to you, Derek. Um, you're six weeks into your role at the time of our recording. So, um, you know, Know, it'll be a lot of fun to continue to work with you. And I'm sure you're going to adopt Jerry's uh, all important advice to um, bring people to events, to educate your board, to get folks out to not only the Michigan Credit Union League annual convention, but different educational opportunities to continue their growth and development. Uh, that was a, a great um, nugget of wisdom from Jerry that I know that you also consider very important. So thanks so much to both of you. My friends, um, great to sit down and talk to you at the lovely branch. And I'm um, excited to see what happens for both of you um, down the path as you're venturing off into very different futures, um, but really exciting ones, no doubt. Uh, thanks to also to our listeners for catching another episode of the podcast. If you haven't followed us already, make sure that you do so you get noticed in advance when an episode is has dropped and you can uh, check it out. So a heartwarming thank you. I hope all of the listeners are having a fun season. Uh, it's definitely getting dark and cold out there this time of year. And uh, I wish you uh, an amazing holiday season as we're getting close to wrapping up another great year, 2022. So take care. And I look forward to sitting down with you soon for another great conversation.